0: Amen. Amen. Uh Amen. Amen. Before Kevin gets started. How many of y'all know a prize fighter that wins, they put a cape on it? How many of y'all know when James Brown came out, they put a cape on it? And so we have a real evangelist in our own house. So I want to cape him.
1: my jacket I didn't know what he was gonna do with it (laughs) he said a Christmas surprise (laughs) I wish he would have bought the $200 jacket though (laughs) how many y'all love Christmas isn't Christmas like no other holiday in that you can go to any other holiday And it doesn't have the supercharged atmosphere like Christmas. There is something so present in the world on that day. I'm thinking about some of the missionaries in the other country. Man, they'll cut a tree down in the yard and put a Christmas tree up. (laughs) There's something so special about this time of the year. It's, as SpongeBob would say, magical. It really is. I was in GNC the other day and I walked in and I was looking for some supplements and trying to prepare for this health fair. And this guy is in there, and I'm not kidding you. You're talking about radiant? This guy was radiant and he's just singing and he's like, Frosty the Smoke Man. <laughs> and he's just going, and I'm like, wow, man, are you excited? He's like, Christmas, man. I love Christmas. And he just starts going off about how much he loves the spirit of Christmas and and I just knew just by the things that he was saying I didn't really believe he was regenerated in his heart that he really knew who Jesus was so I started sharing with him the real reason for the season right and so I began to tell him my testimony I began to share my story with him and I began to say man I know man as a child I remember growing up and I mean the 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 atmosphere was electric and I mean it was just something just so magical and so special about Christmas and I said you know what it is? Do you know what it is? And he's like he's like freaked out now. Because I'm like bashing it right? And he's like, Man, I was just singing Frosty the Snowman. I mean, come on. And like I'm like, you know what it is? You know what it is? And I'm on the edge of my seat and he's like, okay? I said, Man, it's Jesus. And, and I said, The greatest act of love that the world has ever seen. The core of the magic, what it comes from. Man, it's Jesus. I said, He did something for us that no one has ever done. And and, all right, now his mouth is open and he's looking at me like, okay, I wouldn't ask him for all of that, but you're getting it. And I said, Here's the thing about Christmas. I tell him this I said, I, I was thinking about it this morning. I said, The thing about Christmas. Is I don't care how old you are, you feel like a child. Yes. There's this inner child on the inside. How many of y'all know? Because Papa sent us the best gift yeah. Jesus. Yeah. And I tell him that, and he goes, That's interesting. <laughs> I was just buying some presents for. Uh, couple of twins in this church I'm not gonna say no name and uh, and, and, and I, was looking at, I was about to get him a shirt right and I said man if I was a kid I wouldn't want no shirt I've got him some toys you heard <laughs> because I want to be like a child I love that how many of y'all know Jesus said unless you become like a child you shall no, no way enter into the kingdom And I think that's one of the most magical things about Christmas is that we're like a child. I think Linus said it best, y'all. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior, which is Christ the Lord. That's what Christmas is all about. Charlie Brown, 1968. That's what it's all about. I don't care what you put on it. That's what it's all about. That's the core of Christmas is this child, this baby that grew up to be a king, to be the Messiah, to be the savior of the world. Y'all, I have a grandbaby right now, a new grandbaby. I'm a grandpa to the second power. I got two grandbabies. Where's my baby at? Oh, there she is. I heard her saying pop-pop. Oh, y'all, this is my new grandbaby. Look. Isn't that the most precious thing you've ever seen? Oh, my God. Asher Weston. Look, I really have, like, some almost uncontrollable urges when I get around him. I want to eat him. Is that... Is that like, is that a thing? Is that something people struggle with? Like, you don't know what to do? This child is so beautiful. we can I do with him. And I just find myself and I'm holding him. And I just, I just wanna just look into his like soul. Like I wanna get in him. Like, I don't know. He's it, just so precious. And I'm like, I, just this life. And, 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 and I just stare at him. And I, Pop Pop's here, it's okay. And and I'm just talking to him like he's a grown-up adult right and I'm just I'm having a blast with him And as I'm looking at him I'm just thinking about how much hope in this child how much? Destiny is in this child the potential in this child as I'm as I begin to I'm already praying over him and he's like only two weeks old right now And so you know I'm thinking this morning I had, I had no idea they were going to sing that song about Mary, but I'm thinking how Mary must have looked at Jesus in the same way, the destiny, the hope. Think about what she was looking at. She was looking into eternity in her child. She was looking at her own soul that probably had errors and had sin in it. And she's looking at the Savior in her child. But this child, my my grandbaby, is born to live. Jesus was born to die for me and you. It was his destiny to die. That's what he came to earth for, was to die. The point, the objective of the child Jesus was to die to set us free, a gift that we didn't deserve. My question today is, in all the Christmas hype and all the things that this season represents, this Jesus, this amazing gift from the Father, what are you going to do with him today? How has this Jesus affected your life? The title of my message today is what are you gonna do with this Jesus of Nazareth what are you gonna do with this gift or maybe I should say what are we gonna do with this gift called Jesus how does it affect our life how does it affect our minds how does it affect my walk my talk my relationships with people how will I allow this Jesus This day to affect my world I'll never forget when I got up off the floor 2008 February 16th when I had a near-death experience and I believe I saw hell and the mercy of God found me this Jesus found me and when I was given this gift, this opportunity to live when I should have died and gone to hell I had to make a decision what am I going to do with this Jesus? What am I going to do? This man who has touched my life and has set me free and I should have been damned to hell but no he came and he rescued me. He pulled me many of you here today have been pulled from hell. Many of you here are a miracle that you're in here today. It's the grace of God It's this man Jesus it's not just a story it ain't just a story that a man came a child was born it is everything it's everything it's not just about a day I told the guy at GNC I said man listen this thing you feel like this I said if you got in Christ you can live like this every day it's everything It's everything I live for. It's everything I breathe. It's my whole existence, my whole being, my whole aim, my whole goal is this Jesus, this man, Jesus. What are we going to do with him? What are we doing with Jesus, the person of Jesus Christ? It should affect parts of our lives. The first area it should affect is our family. How many of y'all know when you get saved, your eyes are open, you receive this message, this in your heart, something changes. The, The first concern should be our family. It should be our family. Wait a minute. I'm not going to hell anymore. I've been redeemed. I didn't know there was a hell, but now I know something changed in me. This Jesus touched my life. And what's the first thing that comes up? Oh my God! I don't want my family to go to hell. Yeah. I, I know now there's a heaven and a hell. I know. And so the first and I'm thinking about Miss Susan right now. She she wrote letters to her family. It's what are you gonna do with this? She couldn't take it that she knew that some of her family members were not saved. She took it serious, and it is serious. Do we pray for our family? Do we reach out to our family? A good place to start with your family is at Christmas. We did 12 years ago. We started at Christmas. We would be like, all right, now, we really want to tell you what the real meaning of Christmas is about. And the kids are running around, and you can't get anybody's attention. People slamming the door, drinking beer, whatever, you know. And we're just like, Jesus. 12 years ago, we started doing that and now on Monday nights we meet for Bible study every Monday night and it's the hottest meeting I've been a part of I'm telling you it's exclusivity we got like 20 people coming and I get so filled and I can't wait for it I mean do y'all feel like that is it like Monday nights like I can't wait for Monday nights because man we just open the scripture and we break bread together and it's fun you're taking my me- you taking my message all right you've been reading my notes all right it should affect our family too. It should affect our work or our school you know as a born-again believer as someone who met this Jesus it should get in my hands and my feet and I should be a blessing to my boss I should be a blessing to the company that I'm working for I should stay longer I should get there earlier they should know that I'm a believer by me never even opening my mouth they should know that something different about me what are you gonna do with this Jesus what are we gonna do what am I gonna do with this Jesus I'm thinking about school man getting caught up in all the little gossip clicks and it's so easy at school to get thrown on the side I, and I'm thinking about Michael and Abby right now what are they going to do with this Jesus they get in free speech alley at Southeastern and, and they hold up signs that said, hey let me talk to you about Jesus he loves you what are you going to do with this Jesus this Christmas that's what we need to be thinking about what are we going to do in our witness when I look at a sinner man when I look at someone I don't know if, it, if you feel this way but when I look at someone who's not born again it bothers me it bothers me and I'm always constantly thinking Lord how can I get your message to them how can I talk to them about you in our giving God so loved the world there should be an immediate effect in our giving that's one of the first things i dealt with man when i got born again was when the ties and the offerings started going around man i was like this is the most holy thing i could do because this is sustenance this is life this is security i'm giving my life worldly securities and i'm believing and trusting god that he's going to do something with this money even though i know i don't even have enough to make it on, on. but some kind of way <laughs> Some kind of way! Sneaky Jesus comes in. I'm telling you, man. You can't you can't outgive the Lord. All right. What are you gonna do with this Jesus in your service work? Service work. Uh, I'm thinking about a story. Me and me and Gabe, Pastor was finishing up the building next door, and we was cutting out some doors because all the, the headers were too too short. And I said, Gabe, come help me. I said, me and you can go help Pastor Butch. And you didn't have anybody over there. I think you might have had one or two people. And so Gabe and I went over there, and Gabe was just a griping. Man, I don't want it, Daddy. I, nah, nah. I said, come on, boy. So we went over there. And then after we, we worked a few hours, Gabe tells me, he says, Daddy, that felt so good. And you know what he said? service that's the feel. that's what happens when we serve we go out and do service work number six what are you gonna do with this Jesus in your emotions In your emotions how many y'all ever lose your emotions lose your temper the Bible says in Proverbs he that has no control over his spirit is like a city without walls but I believe God's gonna heal the breaches today. Amen. And the seventh thing is what are you going to do with this Jesus concerning the lust of the flesh, the pride of life? How does this Jesus, how does this man affect you? If you have your Bibles, let's open up to Revelation chapter 3, verse 13 through 20. Revelations 3, verse 13. Through 20, Like Pastor said last week, he preached a topical message. This is gonna be very similar. I'm not a real deep preacher. This is a simple message, but I believe that the power of the Holy Ghost and the power of the mighty teacher will come upon our heart and teach us beyond even what I'm speaking today. Revelation 3, verse 13. The scripture says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches very interesting saying that in that verse for a minute very interesting Jesus says basically who's got a who's got an ear to hear who's got an ear to hear here's the thing Jesus doesn't really give you so a lot of people are waiting on hey, Jesus open my ears up Jesus, come and bless me. Jesus, come and touch me. Jesus, come and encounter me. No, no, no. That's not what Jesus is saying. And if you're reading the gospel, he does the same thing. He says, if you have an ear, if you have an ear, do you have an ear to hear today? What, is that, what does that really, really mean when we say an ear to hear? Jesus has done the work already. It's done. He came. He He was crucified for our sins and raised from the dead for our life. Okay? So he's come. What it means is, do you believe? Do you believe to the point that your ears actually hear? Are are you with me? Who remembers that little movie, Polar Express? I love it. I love kid movies. You don't even know. I hang out with SpongeBob. So... (laughs) don't get me started on school we do but uh so do you have an ear to hear it really comes down to believe just like on polar express at the end he, he couldn't hear the bell in the beginning because he didn't believe but at the end of the movie he began to believe and he can hear the ringing in the bell and it's just like that that's what jesus is saying do you have an ear everybody say this with me lord jesus I have an ear, have ear. To, hear to hear because I believe, because I believe in you. In you. Amen. amen. Verse 14. And it says, and to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, write these things, says the Amen. I love that. Jesus calls himself the Amen i mean like that is so beautiful i mean we call him the alpha the omega the line of the tribe of judah but i never heard of him as the amen he's like the end to the so be it world right there i mean he just he just caps it off. i'm the cherry on top is what he's saying i'm done i'm finished <laughs> these things says that amen somebody gonna get up in the morning and say good morning amen how you doing <laughs> And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, right. So basically, Revelations start with seven letters to seven churches. And basically, Jesus has given them the report card of where they're at and how he sees them. And this is the last church that he's speaking to in Revelations. And he says, The faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God, verse 15. I know your works. Man, the Grace Bunch would go crazy up in here today. I'm just telling you. Because they would call me legalistic. You can call me what you want, but this is what Jesus is saying. He says, I know your... Did he say, I I know your belief? In one point of scripture, Jesus actually says, the devil's belief. What does that mean? even the devils believe he says I know your works that you are neither cold nor hot I wish you were cold or hot I know your works I know your works man I've been meditating on this word for a week I know your works, and I'm thinking about Matthew 7:21, where all the guys come up to Jesus in eternity and they're like, Hey man, I prophesied, I cast out devils, I healed the sick, I raised the dead. And Jesus said, Depart from me, I never knew you. And I'm thinking in my mind, dude, I ain't never raised nobody from the dead right I don't I, I mean other than praying for his Liz I think that's the only time I've seen Jesus heal somebody that I prayed for right and these people have like four or five things casting out demons all these miracles and I'm like wow God my works don't even line up with that and you kicking them out of heaven Jeez, what are you saying here Lord i know your works he's telling the church he's saying look i'm looking beyond what you're doing on the outside i'm looking out down on the inside of what's going on in your heart listen to me it doesn't matter what's going on you might look at people that serve in a church and you think oh man that dude that woman that lady that man's hot for god just because they're doing something don't mean just because they're out in front don't mean it. don't mean nothing I know people behind the scenes that are hot for God in this church I'll tell you I'll tell you who right now uh, Jason and Laney Abad hot for God they are. you don't you don't see what they do you don't stay behind the scenes serving constantly putting their hands to the ground and they're givers give of themselves so you can't judge on the outward when you're looking at works God's Jesus is looking at the heart why you do what you do where's it coming from I know your works verse 16 so then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot I will vomit you out of my mouth man I'm telling y'all I couldn't sleep on this scripture like, I'm serious this thing hit me I'm like I mean I was like two or three days Lord and am I lukewarm God am I lukewarm because that thing with the works really got me man and then I'm on this scripture and I'm like how are you judging this Jesus well what, what, what are you calling someone to be lukewarm and i meditated on this and these are seven things that I came up with that are signs of being lukewarm number one your prayer time has declined your prayer time has declined see guys listen to me there is a portal if you want to burn for God if you want to be smoking hot for Jesus, man, there is a portal called prayer that you need to be under to be filled with the fire of Almighty God. It changes my mind. It changes my intentions of my heart. When I spend time with God, I'm on fire. But when I don't, when I don't, I'm like this Laodicean church. See, Jesus knew exactly what he was saying to them. This church was five miles away from another city that they would actually, they actually um, uh, duplicated what the Romans did with aqueducts. And they would send hot water from the other city that was five miles away. And when it would get to Laodicea, it would be lukewarm. And they hated lukewarm water. How many of y'all know you you out running on a day or you feeding your cattle or you getting your sheep on? I mean, like, you ain't want no lukewarm water, right? How many of y'all ever went grabbed the hose pipe on a hot day? You know? I mean, cold water is good, right? It's refreshing. Hot water is good. It's soothing. It's therapeutic, right? Anybody take a lukewarm bath? No, don't tell me that. All right. I know my wife takes a hot bath. Anyway, all right, so. Seven signs that you're lukewarm. Number one, prayer time. Number two, this is how you know if you're lukewarm. You stop receiving the word of God. Heard Brian Garan say this. He said, sometimes I got to force feed myself because I'm not hungry for the word. And I think about sometimes we come in here on a Sunday service and, and it's like we're just blank blank. I'll, I'll repent for that myself. And then I'm sitting next to John and Lauren and they're just weeping God, under the glory and the power of God and I'm like, Lord, what's wrong with me? <laughs> and then, then their cry gets on me and then I start crying. Yeah. We got to stay sensitive to receive the word of God. If we stop receiving the word we're gonna get lukewarm number three insensitive to sin insensitive to sin in other words you can be in sin or live around sin and it doesn't bother you but I remember when I first got saved somebody would curse it was like Roberts it was like somebody taking a little dagger and stabbing me in my side "Ah!" And I would try not to let him see it, but it would ah, 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 ah! stop! You know that's you just in your purity, you're like, stop! Why do you have to keep using that language? Why? Because something changed. It was purity on the inside. And what happens is, man, the voice of the Holy Ghost will start waning in us. He will warn us and warn us. I'll never forget after the home of grace, my first time, I was trying to stay clean. I was clean for three months. And actually it was five months. And I remember driving and I kept getting this overwhelming thought to go to TJ Ribs and drink a beer. So this is what I kept thinking. Now, if you don't know this, a cocaine addict shouldn't be drinking beer. Okay? They don't go together, right? And so... I'm, 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 and I'm fighting it, and I'm fighting it. And man, I'm telling you, I, I'm literally wrestling with the Holy Spirit because he is convicting me. I mean, I get all the way to the bar. The bartender pours the drink. There is ice coming down the mug, and the beer is sitting there for 20 minutes. I wrestled with the Holy Spirit at the bar because I wanted to drink. And he was messing with me, man. Does he mess with you like that? Does he mess? Does he mess? But you know what I did? I messed up. And I went for it. And I said, if I drink it, this voice is going to stop. That's what I said to myself. And so I drank that thing now. It didn't stop. He says, you can still leave right now. The damage has not been done. I said, i got to get rid of this voice. I kept drinking, I kept drinking, trying to drown out the voice. And after days, I wasn't even hearing the voice anymore. Man, we should be sensitive to sin. It is our reasonable service as believers to keep our temples pure for the Holy Ghost. If you can live in sin and be okay with it, you're at risk of being lukewarm that's 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 a big warning sign number four seven signs of being lukewarm number four the carnal mind the carnal mind which means I live according to an earthly perspective I live according to my reasoning and my intellect I don't live according to the Word of God or the promises of God and I'm gonna just tell you this is a big one for most Christians right here and John and I will get together sometimes and we'll catch ourselves talking and calling it as we see right and so we'll have to go back in the prayer closet and say hey regroup regroup right here we need to start calling those things that be not as though they were Because I feel carnality trying to come into my mind right now. I'm getting according to the world standard. And I'm not called to live according to the world standard. I'm called to live above. I'm called to walk in victory. I'm called to have power according to the word of God. He didn't didn't do all this that we celebrate this day for me to walk in defeat. But we got to get out of carnality because the scripture says it's enmity with God. It's the enemy of God. We can't live in carnality. Number five, stop sharing your faith in God. How do we know if we're lukewarm? We stop talking about Jesus, man. We stop sharing our testimony. I believe God's going to set somebody on fire in here today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, somebody going to get out of here today, never share Jesus in their life, and you're going to get an opportunity, and God's going to fill your mouth and fill your heart with his words. Number six, Love for the brothers and sisters in Christ. At risk of being lukewarm, you stop fellowshipping with the believers. Man, I was in a Wednesday Night Connect group. This is how powerful this Wednesday Night Connect group is. I'm talking to Mickey and John Danae, and I'm not kidding you, after about 15 minutes of conversation with Mickey and John Danae, I feel faith rising up on the inside. We just talking, man. We just talking, I feel fire rising up on the end. I feel hope coming back. I feel life coming back. Just talking with other believers, man. That's why it's so important, so important. They will know us by our love for one another. If there's no love for one another in here, when the unbeliever walks in, they're gonna say, help, I'm out of there. They're not gonna feel any love in the atmosphere. There's division and schisms and jealousies and envy between us let it not be guys we don't want to be like the laodiceans number seven no desire to serve or help other people unless there's something in it for you danger of being lukewarm danger that's the most unselfish thing you can do that is the remedy listen to me if you're dealing with selfishness if you're dealing with lukewarmness if you want to get out of that The best thing you can do is just put one step forward and the next one and find the next place you can serve in this church or in your community. And I guarantee you that will heal you. That will heal you. It's the act of it's your works that are going to heal you. All right. So we just finished on verse 16. We're going to hop over to verse 17. Okay, watch this. So Jesus is talking to the, the church And he's basically telling them hey man I see your works you're not hot or you're not cold you're lukewarm and here's why verse 17 because you say I am rich these people in Laodicea they were rich they had things have become wealthy and have need of nothing and do not know that you are wretched another word for wretched is miserable anybody feel miserable poor don't answer that Poor, blind, and naked. I don't know about you, but when I read this letter to Laodicea, what church, what nation comes to mind? Thank you. America. If this isn't America, I don't know what is. We're wealthy, we have abundance. We have so much! We have a smorgasbord of fulfillments and entertainments and things that we can fill ourselves with. Listen, I'm already ADD. I I don't need anything else pulling on me. Look squirrel, I mean I can't, I can't, I can't keep my mind focused for more than three seconds. I just had a, like so, I live in the most distracted country in the world, and you want me to, I gotta focus. I'm trying to watch Faith, Faith's uh, in Color Guard this year, and she's doing the flags and the dancing, and I'm trying to watch her do her performance, and she's like, Daddy, look at me, look at me, I can't even watch her, look. She's gonna hate me for him. But look at the pretty light! So I'm like I'm like the mosquito, y'all. Good job, Faye. I'm like the mosquito, y'all. Pretty lights. I don't I'm just real talk right now, you know? You know, I get distracted so easy. I'm like, what was I doing? We're a distracted people. We are. And this is something that we really, really need to set our hearts towards. God, how can I simplify my walk, my life, my relationship with you? You know, I made that decision two years ago. And I'm just telling you, I'm not there yet, but I'm working on it. Working on it. I took my wife out to, uh, if y'all ever in New Orleans, there's a wonderful hotel called the Pontchartrain Hotel. It's a quaint little hotel in St. Charles. And I'm taking her to dinner. We're just going to spend some time together away from all the distractions because I need to focus on my wife just like I need to focus on the Lord. And so, only the problem was 60% of the time she's on the phone. What do you mean? They, what? Y'all, like I really like I saw myself crushing I, I was going to take the phone I saw it in my mind and I was going to bring it out to where the street passes right in front <laughs> I was going to put it on <laughs> I'm like I didn't took you all the way here to New Orleans and you cuz she's running like 50,000 things in our life and it's it's real though I mean it's real and it's things that she needs to do but I started thinking about this nothing against my wife she's the hardest worker I know and and someone who serves with nothing in it for her that's this woman right here she's taught me a lot yes bless her Lord bless her so she can bless me again right now I don't get much of her everybody else has got her so I forgot where I was at y'all. <laughs> distractions I got distracted you see y'all listen to this this is uh, thinking of a real cool word right now this is an impactful revelation it's the best I can come over it revelations 1217 it says this and the dragon was enraged At the offspring of the woman who keep the commandments oh and went to make war went to make war underscore war in your mind against those that keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ I looked up that word war in the Greek and that word means bustle it's where we get the word hustle bustle so the end time listen to me the end time warfare that is against the church and against the world is not what you suppose it's busyness it's busyness and not only that busyness gives way watch this to anxiety man I I was talking to a 12 year old the other day who told me she got separated from her parents and she said "I, I almost had a panic attack In Target. I said, You're 12 years old. 12 years old, you gonna have a panic? When I was 12, I would have been all up in the dressing rooms, I'd have been, I'd have been climbing up in the man, I I would have hoped my mom and daddy didn't find me. You know what I'm saying? I'm about to terrorize somebody. But atmospherically, listen to me, atmospherically there is an anxiety and a pressure abroad it wasn't like this 20 years ago when i came in the kingdom was not like this this is the warfare of the enemy because if he can keep us busy if he can keep us distracted he'll keep us out of doing the right works and he'll keep us from being hot for god we got to recognize this today so i believe what we need to do is set our hearts towards simplifying our life and pastor was preaching on mending the nets and, I, and I'm thinking right now that's exactly where we are as a church we are laying the foundation so we can be simplified and we can create a capacity in our life to do what God is calling us to do in this community but what the enemy wants us to do is to keep us so internally fighting dealing with the giant on the inside of anxiety that we can't deal with the giants that are trying to trample, coming up and down how y'all like that word trample? <laughs> Kevinese, get it. Get the, get the diagram. So, so the giants that are trampling up and down our communities. If I'm so stuck on me, how am I, I going to deal with a demon of perversion out that's working in our communities? How am I going to be effective in the schools? How am I going to be effective doing that? Verse 17. Let's go to verse 18. Here's the answer, y'all. Verse 18. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire. This is Jesus speaking, y'all. That you may be rich and white garments, that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eye salve, that you may see. Oh my God, man! This scripture has been so. It was the Lord. Am I am I lukewarm? I'm meditating on this, and then this one I've been repeating. Buy gold from me that's refined in the fire. Buy gold from me, and then I started thinking about that scripture in First Peter one six and seven. It says, "Wherein you greatly rejoice." So now, for a season, you are in heaviness through manifold trials, that the trying of your faith that the trying of your faith may produce just like gold refined in the fire. So when I look at the scripture again, I counsel you to buy for me gold. Listen to me. He's talking about faith. I'm riding down the road. I'm meditating on this scripture and I'm passing in front of Bruley High School and I just so happen to be passing by lunch and there's like so many men out there on their lunch break, and all of a sudden I hear this voice speak to me and says, "Go, go out there and be a witness." And I'm like, "Lord, I ain't got nothing to give. I ain't got no cookies. I ain't got no. I ain't got nothing to give them. Plus, Lord, I gotta use the bathroom right now. I really did. I'm telling you, if I miss the move of God, it's gonna be because I'm in the bathroom. I promise you." That's where I'm going to be. When God shows up, I'm going to come out. Everybody's going to be laid out on the floor. And I'm going to be like, what happened? God's going to save something for us, Miss Sue. He going to save something. So, y'all, I, I like this, this bathroom thing is really an issue for me, right? Like, I didn't even go out there. I went to the bathroom. So, by the time I got up, they were back at work. Lunch was over. But I said this, I said, Lord, I want to buy gold from you. Let me just say this. He's got gold for us. Jesus has gold for us. He's saying the wealth of the world is not what you want. I have a wealth that I want to give you. But let me just make this statement right now. It's going to cost us something. There is a cost involved. Man, I didn't want to go. I could have gave you 50 reasons why I didn't want to go out there and talk to those dudes. But I can give you one reason why I should. He saved me. He delivered me. And he changed me. I am his. So I want to please him. So the next day I said, let me find every Bible promise book I can find. I think I rustled up four of them. So I feel like I'm going out there. And my whole day was planned around being out there for 12 o'clock when those men came. Because I want to buy the gold. That's refining the fire. And so I go out there, man, and I'm like, first guy I walk up to, he's actually in his truck drinking. I'm like, dude, this ain't good. I started sharing the gospel with him. He basically just closed the door on me. I was like. And then I got it. I said, oh I know what I'm gonna do. I hit him with this. I'm like, hey man, I said, I I said, I'm a local pastor in the community. I said, um, uh, <laughs> I just want to thank you for building up our community. Well, when I started telling them that, they were like, and, uh, so that was my opening. Then I just I would take it from there. I said, I just want to come out and encourage you guys and tell y'all, y'all doing such a good job. Can I pray for you for anything? And boom, prayer would just open up. And man, I'm telling you, I counseled with one guy for like 15 minutes, and it was so right. Y'all ever had that happen where it's just so right? You just, and and he and, and I said, come on, man. What's keeping you from receiving Jesus right now? And I love what he said, y'all. I don't love it, but I mean, I hate it, but I love it. Because he's serious. He said, I'm not going to play with God. He says, I know if I pray this prayer with you right now, I'm not through with sin yet. I'm not done with it. I'm not done. And I, and I gave him my testimony, two minutes in hell, why he should repent. And he said, I'm going to watch it. And I believe him. I believe him. Gold refined in the fire. Verse 19. And I promise I'm going to get us out in like seven minutes. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Y'all know he loves us, huh? The Holy Spirit's dealing with our heart about being uh, lukewarm today or even being cold. It's because he loves us. All right. Verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him. I love that. Into him and dine with him. That's the relationship. I'm not walking alongside him. He's walking in me, man. That's amazing. And he with me. So I don't know where you are today, man. I don't know. But but is there an area of your heart that you have not allowed the Lord in? Is there an area that you need to open up to him? I'm telling you, if you repent today, and acknowledge your sin, God will do something. I'll give you three quick points. How we can stay hot for God. Three quick points. Yeah. Who, who wants to hear this? Yeah. Number one, you think you want to hear it. Number one, everybody look at it. Can you see it behind the Christmas tree? I need to move the Christmas tree. If you, if you can't see it, it says, deny yourself. Matthew chapter 16, verse 26. then Jesus said to his disciples "If anyone desires to come after me will you call yourself a Christian do you call yourself a Christian listen what it says let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me I cannot tell you how many people I have heard say I've gone to church I've tried Jesus and it doesn't work. You know why it doesn't work? Right here. Because you never denied yourself. My level of surrender will be the level of the defender, the master in my life. How much I give of myself, I'm like on the other end of the spectrum from where I used to be. When I was a drug addict, I went about 90% for me. All right, 95% for me. 5% for us. People knew me before, so I can't lie up in here. And now I'm on the other end of the spectrum. I'm like 90-10. I'm like not. I'm like, I'm so tired, I like there's nothing of me left, it feels like, you know? I do what I don't want to do like all the time. And about 10% of the time, I get to do what I want to do. Why? Because I wanna burn for Jesus. I want to burn for him I want him y'all I want more of him and if that means denying myself I will guys y'all know my, my man I've, I've shared this year before but I have a passion and a love for football but this year I put it down I said Lord I'm gonna lay it down because it's one of those distractive things in the world and I figured it up last year y'all I spent 100 hours watching football hundred hours man and I'm talking about I ain't got no time that's a hundred hours right there deny yourself the more we deny ourselves the more of him you may say I don't I don't even know where to start denying myself well the first of the year we're gonna start a fast that's a good place to deny that old flesh and look, you get with the Holy Spirit and pray about it and talk to Him about maybe one meal a day, maybe two meals a day, might be several days in a row. But man, I'm telling you, the power of heaven will in flood, new word, in flood, in flux, Interdwell. come up all up in you, and you'll walk in victorious power. Yes. Come on, somebody. Now imagine if we did it as a church. I think Jesus is going to be writing us a letter and be like, what? <laughs> Y'all got it going on. Number two, just three points. Three easy points to stay on fire for God. Number one, deny yourself. Number two, thank you, Rob. Number two, <laughs> step out in faith. Step out in faith. Let me tell you what the problem with our generation is right now. Maybe not so much the older ones, but the younger ones. They're hooked on a feeling. Hooked on a feeling. And what happens is, especially in an in a, in a atmosphere like this, people will come in and they'll get hit with the glory of God and the feeling of just euphoria comes over them, but then they've got to go walk out in the world and live it out. What they believe and because we're hooked on a feeling we stumble and we don't buy the gold that's refined in the fire because the cost is too great listen when the Lord's not moving that's when we're required to walk by faith when we don't see when we don't feel when we don't know when it's not there man you just know not everybody can be like Pastor Clayton and walk on clouds all right (laughs) not everybody has the feeling I don't care who you are I don't care who you are there are times and moments that you got to walk by faith and let me just tell you this it don't always feel good matter of fact most of the time I don't feel good at all because I got to trust I got to dig deep I got to put my heels in the ground and I got to believe something I can't see I remember when John and I were living together, Blake was, I think, about six or seven. And I got saved, and I'm like, wait a minute. I can't stay up in this house. This ain't right. We ain't married. And uh it don't make sense to the natural mind that I'm gonna go ahead and move out of the house with my wife, my future wife, because Pastor promised to marry us. Thank you, Pastor. Saved my life. <laughs> you saved my life. Because I didn't know the hell that was coming. Neither did she. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and so, but watch this. I honored the Father. And I said, I'm gonna and I'm gonna treat you like a the lady you're supposed to be treated like the last nine years, and I'm gonna prepare us for this holy matrimony and I moved out and I lived and I paid bills in my daddy's house while I paid bills in her house into the into the natural mind that doesn't make sense but to the spirit of faith it means everything when you step out in God and you obey his word and you believe him even though it's not convenient it's not easy are you with me and I think that's a big problem we are so scared to make an inconvenient commitment when it comes to faith and that's where that's where, the pow- that's where you're forged in the fire, and you buy the gold from Jesus, man, that he has for us. Because when I walked away from Broly High at 1230, I was on fire! <laughs> Come on. And because I honored the Lord, and did right by this woman, and did right by the Lord, the next eight and a half years of hell that we went through, he kept me. He doesn't take that lightly when we honor him. Do you know, One right commitment to the Lord, one step of faith to the Lord can keep you for years. Look at David, man. He was an adulterer and a murderer. But he had a heart after God. He was a man of faith. Number three, number one is deny yourself. We're going to stay hot. We'll keep denying ourselves, whatever it takes. I'm just thinking about Kyle. Uh, He's over our projector uh, room. He's made an inconvenient commitment. And now Kyle God's gonna do something but you got to stick with it right and we're behind you we believe that you can do it so thank you for stepping out number two step out in faith and number three here it is guys repentance revelations 319 says be zealous to repent that word zealous means be eager be ready and a lot of us like well I don't have sin yeah you might not have willful sin or the act of sin happening in your life but watch this all of us have iniquity in the heart that can manifest as sin are you with me and so man just recently I was at at, at that hotel woke up that Thursday morning we went had breakfast I came back up to the room I had a worship song on Uh, Rachel y'all can come up uh, I had a worship song on, and I just began to cry because I'm thinking, Lord, am I lukewarm? I, I, I know the thoughts of my heart, and, and I, I, I know that there's things that I, I want to be cleansed and purified in. And right there on the side of the bed, I grabbed John's hand, and we got on our knees. And when I tell you, not only did I repent, the scripture says, Repentance so the times of refreshing may come. Oh, my God, I got a hit with a with a freight train of refreshing. And I just wept and I just cried because I have nothing to give him. He is everything. I don't deserve his love. I'm not pure like I need to be. I know there's areas in me that needs to be fixed. And I'm just right there. And I'm like, I need your mercy, God. And he just flows in through me and I repented. I just repent I didn't even know what I was repenting for but I was repenting I want to be hot God that's what I was I want to be hot and I know I can turn the dial up a little bit more because you're worth it oh God this season this time this Christmas let this be the best Christmas you ever had because you're gonna burn for God They're going to say, don't even turn the Christmas tree lights on. We don't need it. They're too lit up. They're lit up. We're going to close with this. In my heart, I really feel, every eye closed, every head bowed, in my heart, I just feel like a few of us need to do business with God right now. I promise I won't keep you long. Pastor Butch has a quick word to share with us. And um, I'm going to wrap it up right now. If you're in here today and you would say, Brother Kevin, I'm not sure about my salvation. I'm not sure that if I died today, I would make it to heaven because I've been practicing some things that I know the Lord wouldn't agree with. And you've heard the message today. And the Holy Spirit has dealt with your heart in here today. And the Lord is saying to you, son, daughter, I want you in my kingdom. Will you receive me as a gift? Will you receive my forgiveness? If that's you in here today, just lift your hand. No one's looking. Lift your hands, see your hands. Good, good. Lots of hands up all over this place. Nice, good. Anybody else? Real quick, anybody else? you're not sure where you would go good 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 but today you want to make it right and today you want to ask for forgiveness and today you want to repent because you want to be hot for God if you would with me right now on every sound every voice under the sound of my voice speak with me say this Lord Jesus forgive me you are the greatest gift and I receive you as Lord As Savior, you are my might and you are my life. And from here on out, I'm going to burn for you. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Let's give these that just gave their life to the Lord just a round of applause. Come on. If, if If you genuinely believe that in your heart, You're righteous, right with God right now. We salute you. And we're here as a church to help you walk forward. I got up this morning about 4.30. And uh, this will include the six or seven people that raised their hand today. But it includes everybody else in the service. And uh, Kevin mentioned it. Kevin, you hit so many points that just struck my spirit about things we need to get right this year. Uh, I decided this year to lose some weight before the holidays. (laughs) Before the holidays, now that's ridiculous. Let's just eat and then the first of the year we do what we always do and it doesn't work. And this is what happened. I actually committed to lose weight before the holidays my stomach shrunk so when the holidays and all the good stuff comes I don't even want it so I didn't do the same old thing this year I prepared myself for what was to come and I got up this morning and the Lord gave me a few words and it's for us it is for this church This generation and the generation of mine, we don't want to fix anything anymore. If it breaks, go buy a new one. You know what I mean? Or it's old, it's outdated, just go get a new one. It even goes on into relationships, marriage, every facet of our life. We just don't want to fix anything. We just want to put it behind us and just go to the next thing. Am I telling the truth here? And this is what I heard this morning. I heard the Lord say, fix it. Fix it. Fix it. Fix it. Fix it. Fix it. Don't procrastinate. Don't put it off any longer. Fix it. And when I heard those words, it's like, Kevin, I'm sorry. I got to have a part of your service. The Lord is saying, fix it. And now, and and he put a now anointing on it. Today, now, mend the net. You understand? Fix it. Fix it. Listen, you can't keep going on in Christ and deny the problem. You can't keep pressing forward and not taking care of what the Lord is telling you to take care of now. You may think it's a little thing. It probably is. But for you to hold on to the big things of God to come, you have to fix these little things. And when I say fix it, the hand of the Lord is going to help you. The grace of God is going to be there. So you need to hear in your spirit again because we can shove these things under the rug and out of our minds and i'm asking the voice of the lord to speak to you today about what you didn't fix and that's why you're stumbling today that's why you're weak today that's why you're discouraged today and that's why things aren't coming to pass that the lord promised because he wants you to tend to some of these things in your natural life he saved us he called us and it's a holy calling it's not according to our works and he has a purpose for us and he's given us the grace for that purpose and this all was done before time that's second timothy verse nine he saved us he called us purpose in us and he's graced us. And so your calling is what you're doing right now with what God is saying. What are you doing with God with what He's saying? And to fulfill this glorious purpose, this this powerful supernatural thing that God is calling you to, it's His will, you must take care of these little things. It's your calling today. It's what you have your hands on. It's where you build character. Because without character in your life, you're not going to hold on to the purposes of God and you will not fulfill them. You must tend to the things in your life that God is talking to you about. Fix it. Allow Him. First thing you do is don't deny it. Second thing you do is decide, you know what, I need to attend to this. Holy Spirit is speaking to me. And thirdly, you need to step out in faith, as Pastor Kevin said. You need to believe God, and you need to do your part, whether it's discipline or something you have to do. Fix it. It needs to be fixed. It could be an emotional problem. It could be an unforgiveness problem. It could be your finances. It could be your marriage. It could be the way you get angry with your children. It could be how you treat your boss or how you're doing your job. I don't know what it is, but the Lord sees your works. That's what the pastor just talked about. And it'll keep you from being hot if you don't deal with what the Lord is saying right now. There were about seven people in here that felt the now anointing to get saved. And what they did, they confessed. That's that's a work by faith you confess you do something you take a step of faith and I'm telling you we will grow this church and you will grow spiritually and you will leave behind these weights that are so easily entangling you and holding you back if you would just admit don't deny it step out in faith and say Lord here I am grace me so I can discipline myself and do my part to get this thing attended to in my life. I feel this strong in my spirit. I heard the voice of the Lord say, tell the church, fix it now. If God is speaking to you, and I'm telling you, if you raise your hand to get saved and born again, you got a lot to fix. (laughs) You in the kingdom you got a lot to fix. I'd like for you to run up here first. Those that made a new commitment to the Lord, come up here real quick. By faith, deny yourself. Come up here right now. If you raise your hand, just come up here right now. I want to pray for you. But if God is speaking to anybody in this congregation about something that needs attention in your life in a big way, and you've been putting it off, come up here too. Come up here right now. I'm going to ask Pastor Kevin to come up. I'm going to ask Pastor Clayton to come up. Mick, I would ask you to come up. Come, Pastor Carl, come up. Just come, just come, just come. Just come, 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 come. Come on, come, come. If you come up here, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean you're in deep, dark sin. But it does mean you want to take the next step in growth. I'd ask you to come close to this altar. Come close to this altar. Come up, come up, and just lift your hands to the Lord. Put your eyes on Jesus. Come on, there's some other people in here. Come on, it's time to do business with the Lord. You can't live like you've been living. You can't keep denying or pushing back what needs to be fixed in your life. Come on, Mr. Goodwrench is here. Come on, this is the hospital of God. This is like the repair shop. This is where you get the new parts. This is where you get the polish and the shine. This is where things get attended to. Just come, 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 come. Just come to the Lord. You're not coming to the church. You're not coming to me. You're coming to the Lord and saying, Lord, fix me. You're not coming to the church, you're not coming to me, you're just coming to the Lord, saying, Lord, fix me. You're not coming to the church, you're not coming to Pastor Butch, but you're just coming to the Lord and you're saying, Lord, Lord, fix me, fix me, fix me, mend me, patch me, restore me, strengthen me. Come, 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 come. This make you a better person. This will bring a newness and a freshness in your life. Just come, 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 come. Just come, 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 come up, come up, come up. Come up. Come up, come up, come up, come up, come up. She's getting healed right now. Yes, getting healed right now. Getting healed right now. Getting healed. Come, 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 come. Susan, come pray for some of the ladies. Come up, come, come. Miss Shelley, come up. Pray for a few of the ladies. Say this lady on her knee. Come 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 up, come up, come up, come. Come, come to the Lord. Just come to the Lord Come to the Lord John would you help us over here Come to the Lord There's three John there's three uh-huh. God's doing a new work in you God's doing a new work in you Just give him all of you All of who you are Give him all of your life. Give him all of who you are. Sika mama so kutumoshika bai. Thank you, Lord. Shita ma so to do moshietete. For
2: you, Lord God. Almighty. Worthy as is- of